You are welcome to Face to Face Broadcast. Enjoy the dynamic teaching ministry of Pastor Tibby Peters, the President of Renaissance Assembly Incorporated. This message will take you from where you are to where you ought to be. Glory to God. Well, we've been looking at Ephesians chapter 5. Verse 17. But I'll take it a little further this morning. And I hope to go as far as I can. If I'm not done, we'll continue in November. Amen. Until we get this. Lift your right hand. Say, in the name of Jesus. Jesus. Give me understanding. To receive light from your word. In Jesus' name. Amen. All right, the scripture says, let's read together. I want to go. Wherefore, be ye not unwise, but understanding what the will of the Lord is. Understanding what the will of the Lord is. In our everyday communication as believers, you hear believers say, if it is the will of God. But sometimes I actually wonder if they really want to align themselves to the will of God. One of the prayers Jesus taught the disciples to pray in Matthew chapter 6, verse 10, He said, thy kingdom come, thy will be done in earth as it is in heaven. That means that there is a will in heaven. Hallelujah. For us individually and for the body of Christ at large, perhaps for a nation, but for this particular service, I'm concerned about for you as an individual. I got to know or learn that one person walking in God's will gives the opportunity for many more to walk in God's will. If I fulfill God's will for my life, it will inspire and help someone else to fulfill God's will for his life. Are you with me? So the more we have believers... Walking in what I call God's perfect will for them. The impact of walking in God's will reaches out to many more to also walk in God's will. I found out that somehow our destinies are connected in Christ Jesus. I found out that in Christ Jesus... All of us as believers, our destinies somehow are connected. It means there's a way in which what God has asked me to do will help you to do what God has asked you to do. That means that my failure to walk in God's will is not just a personal failure. It will be a failure that will affect someone else. Hallelujah. Walking in God's will is a big deal. And it is very, very important. There are several scriptures I've mentioned since we started talking along these lines. But I will take you back again through one or two of them before I introduce new scriptures. Let's go back to our opening text. Ephesians 5.17. It says, Wherefore be ye not unwise, He's not talking to unbelievers. He's talking to believers in Christ. He said, but understanding what the will of the Lord is. For you to appreciate this scripture, you'd have to follow it in context. I'll do that on Thursday. 
we'll look at verse 8 and then get down to 17 and maybe go beyond and you see the whole scope of what he was talking about but for the purpose of this service i want to talk a little about standing in the perfect will of god hallelujah Is there such a thing as God's perfect will? The scripture says so. The scripture suggests so. The stories and experiences of godly men in scripture points to that fact. In Romans chapter 12, verse 1 and 2, Paul was writing to the Roman church. And he was pleading. The word beseech is a word you use when you're pleading. I beseech you therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that ye present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service. Now, he has not finished his statement. Verse 2. Let's read it together. And be not conformed to this world, but be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind. Pause. But he would have stopped there, but now this is the point. The point he's making is the next statement you're going to read now. That, that what? That you may prove what is that good an acceptable and perfect will of God. He was not using several words to describe the will of God. He was talking about different phases of God's will. Amen. You know how somebody will look at a young man and say, he's an intelligent, hardworking, and honest man. Are we together? It's the same man he's talking about. He says, intelligent, hardworking, honest. All of those qualities for one person. That's not what the scripture, that's not what's happening here in Romans 12 too. He's not saying the will of God is good. The will of God is acceptable and the will of God is perfect. That's not what he's saying. He's talking about the fact, because he used the word prove. Amen. That you may prove. That you may prove. That means you'll be able to distinguish. To certify. To tell the difference between the good, the acceptable, and the perfect will of God. Some other translation uses the term the good, the permissive, and the perfect will of God. That means that there are certain things that are good. And God can allow you to do them. All right? It's good to give to the poor. It's good to help people. So you could do that, and it's good. It, at least it's not bad. Hallelujah. So it's good. Then there are things you might also do that the scripture refers to as acceptable. But there is what we call the perfect will of God. Now, another scripture points us to the fact that there's such a thing as the perfect will of God is Colossians 4 verse 12. Thank you. In Colossians 4 12, we have Paul talking about Epaphras. Let's read it together. Epaphras, who is one of you, a servant of Christ, saluted you, always laboring fervently for you in prayers. Pause. Why is he laboring? That. I would say that that ye may stand perfect and complete in all the will of God. The same Paul that wrote Romans is the same Paul that wrote Colossians. So this repetition here shows that there is something like the perfect will of God. Let's give an example again. Paul was to go to a place to preach. Then the Bible says the spirit, old English, forbade him. 
Is God against preaching? No. But the perfect will of God at that moment was not to go to that particular place. But do you know that Paul would have disobeyed and still gone there and people will receive Christ and they will go to heaven. Amen. But he, he Paul, was not in the perfect will of God. Now, a lot of times, people mistaken results for God's approval. Did you hear me? People mistaken results for God's approval. All results are not necessarily, or don't necessarily mean that it has God's approval. Let's give an instance. They know the story, we all know the story about Moses and the rock. The Bible told us in the New Testament that the rock followed them. The rock followed them. We thought they were different rocks. But God's word said the rock followed them. That means that when they were here in Port Harcourt, they saw a rock and it gave them water. When they got to, let's suppose they got to Oweri, they saw another rock. To them, it was another rock. But the scripture said, no, it was the rock that was following them. Amen. Glory to God. All right, that's another story. But the point I'm making is that the first encounter with the rock, God told Moses, smite the rock. Okay, today's English, hit the rock. All right? Use your rod and hit it. So he goes to the rock and hits it. And water starts coming out from the rock. Now you can go around and there are many rocks in Nigeria. Go and hit it and see if water will come out. And water started coming out. And they all had to drink. The next time he saw the rock, how Moses at that time had been offended by the children of Israel. God said, now don't hit the rock. Speak to the rock. That means God's perfect will at that moment was speak to the rock. Water will still come out. But the Bible says Moses hit the rock again. Do you know what happened? Water still came out. Amen. So Moses had results. Water came out from the rock. But God didn't tell him to hit the rock a second time. Of course, he got into trouble with God about that. Amen. But the point is, if you are looking at results, there was results. Amen. Water came out. Now, the, talking about God's will, you know, when I started trying to communicate that, because I've, I've been praying like, Lord, what does the church need now? And the Spirit of God began to make me see that the challenges many of the people that come to you for counseling and those that are misbehaving have is they don't understand the perfect will of God. If a believer understands God's will for him, you don't have to monitor him. Are you listening to me? No, 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 no. You don't have to monitor him. Because he will align himself to what he has found. And you know something about God's will? When you're walking in God's will, there, there's no confusion. Amen. Are we together? It's not today, tomorrow. You, you know. Hallelujah. So, results don't always mean God's approval. Let me put it the other way. Lack of results does not also mean you are outside God's will. Amen. Or putting it better, challenges don't necessarily mean that you are not in God's will. Praise God. Sometimes it is because you are in God's will that you are having the challenges you are having. God told 
Paul. Paul had a vision. Now, in terms of people that, you know, um, believe that uh, something is more authentic if it's more spectacular, all right? So, he had a vision. In the vision, he saw a man saying, come over to Macedonia and help us. That means God was calling him to go and preach in Macedonia. Macedonia is a wide region. Philippi is one of the chief cities in Macedonia. Then Paul went to Macedonia. Do you know that when he got to Philippi, that's where he went to jail? Amen. <laughs> Praise God. In following the leading of the Lord, he was imprisoned. You know the story? He was in Philippi, and then a young girl was walking behind him. The Bible says she had the spirit of divination. And she kept hailing him, man of God, man of God, man of God. He has said that, great man of God. And Paul got provoked. And he turned and cast out the devil from her. And the guys that used to use her to get money, so that they, the, the spirit that used to, they used, to, used to conjure the things they do, had left her. So they went for Paul, arrested him, threw him into jail. Now imagine... He was obeying God's will. He was in God's perfect will. On a second occasion, it was a city called Corinth. He went there and people rose up against him. But God told him, stay, for I have much people in this city. So I want to say this to you. Don't use challenges or results to, as a sign to know whether it's God's will or it's not God's will. Are you listening to me? You know what that means? That means you are putting out what Kenneth E. Hagen calls a fleece. I'm talking about Papa Hagen now. Putting out a fleece. What is a fleece? It's the old way that people used to know the will of God. And it's gotten from the Bible in the case of um, Gideon. Alright? Where he wanted to know whether God wanted him to do something. So he took the fleece of an animal and put it outside and said, God, if you want us to do this by this time, let the fleece that is supposed to be wet, let it be dry. Then, then he put it out again and said, okay, now it's supposed to be wet. If you want us to go, let it be dry instead of being wet. Are you understanding me? That's pretty, and many believers function like that. There's some people that say, if this is the church you want me to be part of, Lord, when the pastor is preaching, let him say amen two times. Amen, amen. Now, I'm preaching. I will say amen. <laughs> Praise God. I could also be that that day of the service, we are not even doing it. Maybe we are just singing throughout. And the pastor didn't even come up, so he didn't say amen. Are you listening to me? Now, if you, if you live your life based on that, my brother, you are in trouble. Because Satan can move in that realm. It means he can manipulate things in that realm. There's some of you that say, if it's the lady I'm going to marry, let her wear a yellow dress. Her favorite color is yellow. She has eight yellow dresses and one black. So for the next four weeks, she's likely going to be wearing yellow. You say, oh, if he's the man that's going to come, he's the one that's going to marry me, let him, let him, in short, let him call me now. And then your phone begins to ring. And it's the one calling. Have you not had someone call you by mistake? Maybe he sat on the phone. You think he just dialed you. Or the demon that the familiar spirit that follows the brother will just press the phone for him. It starts ringing. You say, I said it. I said it. I said it. Listen. Listen. So what am I saying? What's the, what, what's the problem with putting out fleeces? The problem with it is that you are being led by outward signs. And the Christian life is an inside-out life, not an outside-in. Amen? So if you're putting out fleeces, it means you're, you're living based on outward 
experiences and outward signs. If God wants that contract to work, let it rain fall today. We're in rainy season. Now, most of the time, the reason why believers do that is that they are lazy. They don't want to take time to follow the process of the Spirit. Put up Romans 8, um, 14. Read it with me. Want to go? For as many as are led by the Spirit of God, they are the sons of God. Now, listen. I'm, I'm going to read verse 16 shortly, but just follow me. The Bible clearly states in the New Testament that the original way you should be led is by what? The Spirit of God. Everybody say the Spirit of God. So, he is not expecting you to be led by circumstances. Stop being led by circumstances. There are two major mistakes people make about being led. Some are always led by circumstances. Others are led by their emotions. So, circumstantial people, that it depends on what happens. Oh, I was traveling by road. I've shared this story before. Years ago. With someone I hold in high esteem. I was actually driving a brand new car from Port Harcourt to go and drop it in Abuja. And I was the one driving. This would have been maybe 10 years ago or so. So we started the journey. You can imagine every kind of challenge you can imagine was thrown in our way that day. From when we woke up, I went to, for us to move, for us to leave. For the first one or two hours, one problem to the other. At one point, our particulars got missing. So the person turned to me and said, with all the problems that are happening, do you think it's God's way for us to go for this journey? I'm feeling like maybe God is telling us not to go. Listen, I turned to the person and I said, it's Satan that wants us to go tomorrow. The thing he wants to do, he has not finished packaging it, is tomorrow he wants us to go. We will go today. Now, if you're not spiritual, you will never understand that because you're always led by circumstances. Everything you could imagine was thrown in our way for us not to travel that day. I told the person, I'm the one driving, don't worry yourself. Said, eh, this one happened, that one happened. There are too many things that have happened in one day. Are you sure we should go? I said, Satan doesn't want us to go today. Amen. What he wants to do is not yet ready. <laughs> Let's go now. We are going today. The only reason why we went was because I insisted. The person had given up on the journey. We entered the car, we moved, pam, 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 we arrived, dropped the car. Amen. Am I communicating? Now, somebody else will follow a circumstance and take a decision based on the circumstance. Second experience, real life experience too. We, in the years back when we were very active in business and all that, I, my partner and I wanted to get a property to use for, for what the business project we had. So we found a place. Just beside the place, we found another building. They're just not far from each other. One the one we first found was more expensive. The second one was less expensive. So my partner now said, we have a second option. Let's take it. 
There's a third person. The third person said, let's take the cheaper option. We went there to see it. As we got there, that cheaper option, the owner of the property is a cousin to my partner. And that partner, my partner is the financial partner. He's a cousin to the partner. Ah, you? Are you the owner of the... Yes, yes. Ah, maybe God is doing something. Are you understanding me? But I love what he said. After they gave us their offer, we can pay that same day. All we needed to do was sign the check. We could pay that same day. My partner called me and the other person is his friend and said, um, what do you think? The other guy said, let's take the cheaper one. When he asked me, he said, Pastor, whatever you say is what we will do. I said, okay, we'll take the more expensive one. He said, is that what you say? I said, yes. My heart goes with that one. That's how we told the other guy we're not taking it. Now, do you know the more expensive one? The owner of the property, permit me to use PG English, was doing shakara for us. Come on, we want to pay. Um, come next week. Business, something we wanted to start. We came the next week. Uh, I won't be around, though. I won't be around. Um, can we drop the check? No, don't drop any check. Go. When I come back, I will call you. They did us like that. Are you understanding me? If we had paid in the other place, we would have paid since I moved in. They did that, drag, 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 drag. It was really difficult to pay. Finally, we paid. A few months after we started, this would have been when, um, I can't remember, was it Odile's uh, government or when, when they, they were <laughs> shaving houses, remember? When they come out, remove your, your, your balcony and say it's on the road. Uh-huh. You know, <laughs> so we just started. Just not long after that, they came on that road. The building that was cheaper, they came and said that this part is not. They marked it. They had to shave the building. That building was shut down for about over a year because they were renovating. That's when my even my partner said, "Thank God we followed what Pastor said." Are you listening to me? Now, if he had moved by emotions, amen, is my cousin, my relative, you would have missed something. So if you are here today, be led by the Spirit. Everybody say, be led by the Spirit. Say again, be led by the Spirit. I'll share another story with you. This is E. Hagen's story, Papa Hagen's story. He, um, I think it would be in the year 1941 or thereabouts, if I'm not mistaken, early 40s. He was pastoring a church. In those days, they used to pastor churches um, that have boards. The boards determine the pastors they employ. So he was pastoring a church. And um, he said, of all the churches he had pastored, that church was the most comfortable. That means that the, you know, they fixed um, a salary for the pastor, so they, they were paying him well. His children were settled. Everything was fine. He said, if you follow circumstances, eh, he wants to live his life here forever. So, he said, but anytime he prays, there was something in his spirit telling him to step out in field ministry. Now, stepping out in field ministry at that time was suffering. Are you understanding me? To step out in field ministry. To step out in field ministry. It was strong in his heart. So, he said, but he needed to pass this through to his wife to see whether she was getting the same signal. So he asked her, um, is God saying anything to you? He said, like what? Then he said, um, okay, he now went into more detail about this church. He said, uh, well, I don't know if it's God or it's me. He now asked her, what do you want? She said, I want to stay here forever. But what are you getting in your heart? It's like, God, is, uh, something is saying we should go. But me, I want to stay here. It's okay. I know what you want. It's different from what God wants. Amen. <laughs> Am I communicating? Now, what if... That means that based on what the experience is, if she follows it, it could be circumstantial. It could be because of her emotions. Amen. Am I communicating? Someone can be in a relationship like that. I, I love him with all my life. I love him. I love him. I love him. Oh, yeah. But God has been speaking to me to leave him, but I love him. <laughs> you are led by your emotions. 
Am I communicating? It's different from being led by the Spirit of God. As believers, you should be led by the Spirit of God. Now, I mentioned it because of what I want to say. Go to verse 16. Are you following me? Is this helping anybody? It's like there are some emotional people here. Is it helping you? You can even stay in church now and just send a text. I need to do it again. <laughs> All right, verse 16. Yeah, I, I was just giving key to somebody. The Spirit, amen. Put it in um, um, NKJV, please. New King James Version. All right, let's read together. I want to go. The Spirit himself bears witness with our spirit that we are children of God. Hey. Oh, Lord, help me. Now, some of you might have heard where pastors tell brethren, follow your heart. Or where a brother tells another brother, follow your heart. And that's how it's supposed to be. But the problem we have now is that some people don't know where their heart is. Amen. Amen. So, even me, I've been careful telling people like that. Because we've told someone followed his, followed their heart. And a man that is married to a wife, he went to propose to another lady. So, of course, we're not saying the same thing, have we? So, I want to rearrange it. Amen. So you understand what we're talking about. First of all, if as a believer, your mind has not been renewed, you cannot follow your heart. Amen? No, you can't. Because your own renewed mind will not allow the witness of your spirit to be loud. Hello? Am I communicating? So the Bible says the spirit bears witness with our spirits that we are the children of God. That means that the ultimate way that God leads the believer is with that inward witness. Everybody say inward witness. That inward witness does not give details. You may not have details. It is more of yes or no. Are you understanding me? It's a knowing inside you. It's a knowing inside you. You just know. You just know. But I found that that knowing can be loud, it can be faint. Amen. It depends on where you put yourself. If your emotions, are, you're, so, you're so stirred up in your emotions, that, that knowing can be very faint. I've met people, believers, in politics that said where they met certain politicians and as they were going there they said what is he saying I'm not, I know, I'm not interested when they sat there I'm telling you a story someone told me personally he said the man that invited him when he came into the man's room, um, living room there were dollars on the table Heaps, heaps of dollars. The guy said, so what were you saying? He said he couldn't say what he came to say. He would say, um, he would look at the dollars. He would look at the man, look at the dollars. Look at, he just started greeting him. <laughs> now, let's suppose he has needs. The thought of all his needs as he sat down there, the voice of his conscience has been silenced. Amen. So, he can't follow that witness in his heart. I've even met people that are trying to stop smoking. They know in their spirit that this is not the way to go. 
then somebody now buys a cigarette for them. They say, after all, I did not buy it. So I say, I don't, I don't buy beer with my money. But if they give me, I drink. <laughs> it's a weak, weak conscience. Amen. Now, what that, that's, so get the point now. Your spirits, the spirit of God bears witness with your spirits. But that witness in your spirit can be loud and it can be faint. Now, why do we fast, meditate on God's word, separate ourselves to pray? Is to make that witness louder. Amen. Oh, most of the time, when your body is tired, your mind is stressed, the voice of that witness will be weak. That's why many people die during Christmas. Because at that time, they're busy with many things. Oh, hey, have you bought the balloon? Have you bought the Christmas tree? Have you bought the, hey, what about the goats for the village? <laughs> and in the business of doing all of that, they start neglecting that witness and it's weaker and weaker. So even when there is danger, it's not as strong as it would have been. Are you with me? Hmm. I've not even reached where I'm going to. So, but follow me here. So, there's such a thing as the perfect will of God. Hallelujah. And then I said, results are not a sign of God's approval. Challenges are also not a sign of God's approval. Amen. So, those are not the outward things you use to know whether God is leading you or not. Learn to, the same way, you know, Jesus was giving an illustration of how somebody can come and look at the weather and tell that it will rain. Just as you, you have studied outward signs that you can interpret what will come out of it, learn to study the inward signs, amen, that you can interpret what will come out of it. And these things get better by reason of use, amen. The more you practice them, the better you become. And I tell people that you could practice following the leading of spirits in things that might not even be life-threatening. Are we together? Yeah. I said something as simple as waking up in the morning and there's a, yeah, there's a just a, a, an urge in your heart. Spend extra 30 minutes in worship. And then you say, hmm, The circumstance might be different from what is in your heart to do. Amen? Are we together? But you now followed it. Maybe later in the day you will understand why you did it. Am I communicating? Another day again might just be read the book of Ephesians. And at that same time that I say read the book of Ephesians, your favorite movie is playing on, on television. The circumstance does not favor it. But it's okay, let me just read it. You're learning how to walk, stand in God's perfect will for you. If you're not getting those small leadings, you will not get the big ones. Amen. You won't get the big ones. So sometimes somebody just comes to me and say, um, the Lord has revealed to me that this woman is my wife. Someone that God has never revealed anything to. Before that day, he has not even revealed to you which scripture you should read. He has never revealed to you to read your Bible and pray. It's obvious that he's not the one that led you to do that one. Amen. Am I communicating? So, those small leadings, nudgings of the Spirit, as you follow them, after a while, you will be experienced in recognizing the leadings of the Spirit in your heart. Oh, I, I've sat with believers that I later found out after some time that they've actually never understood the leading of the Spirit. 
Because when the Spirit is leading them, is when they do the contrary thing. Amen. They're doing the contrary thing. They're running against the tide. They're going forward when there's a leading for backward. Sometimes they are standing when they're supposed to be moving. And at other times they are moving when they're supposed to be standing. Lift your hand and say there's such a thing as the perfect will of God. And that perfect will of God is my portion. In Jesus' name. Alright, so go back to Epaphras. He said that you may stand. Why was Epaphras praying? He was praying because if without the help of the Spirit of God, you cannot stand perfect and complete in the will of God by your strengths. Amen. Did you get me? No, you can't. First of all, how would you even know the lineage of spirit without the Holy Spirit? He's the one that reveals to you. Amen. He's the one that reveals to you. He doesn't just reveal to you, he also works in you, both to will and to do of his good pleasure. Glory to God. Now, I'm not saying that all of the responsibility of working God's perfect will is God's responsibility. No. There's a part that is your responsibility. Hello? I want to just stay with explaining that there's such a thing as perfect will of God. So I'll go to an Old Testament and show you something. Now, sometimes, some of the projects we're embarking on are things that God permitted us to do. Amen. He allowed you to do it. It might not have been that it is the perfect will for you. But you can insist. And God will say, okay, go and do it. But you see, I found out that you will benefit more when you start pushing for God's best for you. Amen. God's perfect will for you. Someone can live in this world and pass on to be with the Lord and never entered into God's perfect will. Oh, Papa Hagen, I keep quoting him, you know. I will recommend some of his books for you. Plans, Purposes and Pursuits, Kenneth E. Hagen. Uh, following God's plan for your life, can hear again, those books, those materials will bless you greatly. Amen. It will bless you greatly. Last night I found out that my own copies are missing. If you are the one that took it, please bring it back in Jesus' name. Amen. I scattered everywhere in the night. And my wife didn't even help me. She was just sleeping. Sleeping, no, she was just sleeping. Dust entered on my eye, on my nose, looking for a book. You're just sleeping. She didn't even say, let her help me and find the book. I said, let's move this thing to this place. She said, I should show her where we keep it. The <laughs> thing was taking my time. You know, because I was looking for. Um, plans, purposes, and pursuits. I was looking for it. I found all the other books. I couldn't find just these two. <laughs> and the two that I needed, I couldn't find them. Praise the Lord. So I recommend those books for you. It will bless you. Plans, purposes, pursuits. Can eat again. Following God's plan for your life. Can eat again. It will help you greatly. If you want to add a third one, how, you, how to be led by the Spirit of God. Amen. All right. Now, God's perfect will. Let's take one illustration from the children of Israel. I think that will help. How many of you know that God never intended for Israel to have a king? Hello. How many of you know that? It was not his plan for Israel to ever have a king. But they insisted that they must have a king. I'll show you a scripture of the kind of nation God wanted for Israel. All right? He wanted them to be different from other nations. That means that he's the one that will lead them. He will be their king. Amen. Let me show you a scripture first, then we go to uh, First Samuel. Let's look at uh, Exodus 19. I'll just pick one verse. Verse 5. Amen. Let's see how long you keep up with that. <laughs> Amen. 
Amen. I'm encouraging them. I should encourage them. No, I'm not. If they do, fine. If they don't, no problem. Hallelujah. I have to get used to it so that one day we say glory. I will not now think that something is happening. <laughs> Verse 5. Want to go? Now, therefore, if you will obey my voice indeed and keep my covenant, then ye shall be what? A peculiar treasure unto me above all people, for all the earth is mine. Verse 6. And you shall be unto me, what? A kingdom of priests and an holy nation. Holy means the set apart, distinct nation. These are the words which thou shalt speak unto the children of Israel. That means that God's plan for them was to be different from all other nations. But you know what? They said we want to be like other nations. And that's the same thing for believers. God wants you to be different. Say, no, I want to be like, I want to be like, I want to be like Beyonce. When God has made you different. Amen. First Samuel 8. In First Samuel 8, Hallelujah. From verse 1, it's a long read, but I'll just pick out. Um, okay, let's start from 5. Okay. Okay. Samuel was old and um, he had sons that were not following the path that God had ordained for, for them to follow. Now, the, the people came to Samuel. And look at what they said. See suggestion. This was political pressure on Samuel. He said, And said unto him, Behold, you are old, and your sons walk not in your ways. Now make us a king to judge us like all the nations. Amen. Did you see that? Make us a king to judge us like all nations. Follow, follow, follow the narrative. Next verse. But the thing, what displeased Samuel when they said, give us a king to judge us. What did Samuel do? And Samuel prayed unto the Lord. He already knew that, man, this thing is not, is not right. They don't need to be like other nations. But they had put pressure on him. Give us a king. So he prayed unto the Lord. Now, you'll be amazed to see the Lord's response. Next verse. And the Lord said unto Samuel, hearken unto the voice of the people. Praise God. In all that they say unto thee, for they have not rejected thee, but they have rejected me, that I should reign over them. That means that God was not happy about their decision, but he gave them what they wanted. This idea of having a king was his permissive will. Amen. Permitted them. It was not his perfect will. Let's just read a little further. Next verse. According to all the works which they have done since the day that I brought them out, up out of Egypt, even unto this day, wherewith they have forsaken me and served other gods, so do they also unto thee. That means God was telling him, don't take it personal. <laughs> now therefore, hearken unto their voice, how be it, yet protest solemnly unto them, and show them the manner of the king that shall run over them. That means tell them what will happen when they have a king over them. He said, listing out things. One, and Samuel told all the words of the Lord unto the people and asked, that asked of him a king. Keep going, I just want to show you something. And he said, this will be the manner of the king that, that, shall reign, that, that shall reign over you. He will take your sons and appoint them for himself, for his chariots, and to be his horsemen. And some shall run before his chariots. And he will appoint him captains over thousands and captains over fifties. And will set them to ear his ground and to reap his harvest and to make his instruments of war and instruments of his chariots. Keep going. And he will take your daughters to be confectionaries and to be cooks and to be bakers in baker's paradise. And he will take your fields and your vine yards and your olive yards, even the best of them, and give them to his servants. And he will take the tents of your seed and of your vineyards and give to his officers and to his servants. 
and he will take your men servants and your maid servants and your goodliest young men and your asses and put them to his walk. That's donkeys, right? And he will take the tent of your sheep and he shall be, and you shall be his servants. And he shall cry out. You shall cry out in that day because of your king, which ye shall have chosen. Of your king, which ye shall have chosen you. And the Lord will not hear you in that day. I got here because I want to show you this. That means that when all this is happen, you complain, I will not listen again. You must have kingo. Now, why am I showing you all these scriptures? I'm making you understand how God operates. Amen. There are people that, I, I think when I started teaching, I showed you Balaam. Balaam and Balak. All right? We looked at that. We won't have time to go there. Now, seeing that, as they insist, give them what they want. But in the midst of his permissive will, God tried to give them the best king. Amen. But it was not his perfect will. I prefer God's perfect will. Amen. I said, I prefer God's perfect will. Glory to God. I prefer God's perfect will. Now, you cannot know his perfect will if first you've not received Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior. The perfect will of God can never be known outside of salvation. Amen. It has to begin from the place of salvation. If you're already saved, then you need to receive the Holy Spirit. Why? The Holy Spirit is the one that reveals the things that God has freely given to you. Am I communicating? Now, but some of you here are born again. You're filled with the Spirit. What next? Let me say something that will surprise you. Let's look at Isaiah 40, verse 11. Isaiah 40, 11. Isaiah 40, 11. Um, before I read this one, let's go to Jeremiah 3, 15. Then we'll come back to Isaiah 40, 11. Jeremiah 3, 15. Go there. Let's read together. I want to go. And I will give you pastors according to mine heart, which shall feed you with knowledge and understanding. Now, understand the language you use there. Use the word feed. Amen. Feed. He didn't say they will direct you to knowledge and understanding. Amen. He said they will feed you. Hello. He didn't say they will point you to knowledge and understanding. He said they will feed you. That means they will choose and serve you. Amen. But it's what you need. Glory to God. Now, understand the scripture there. He said, pastors after mine hearts. It means that the reason why a pastor is called a shepherd, Jesus is the ultimate shepherd, is that he fulfills the role of feeding, keeping, and leading. Amen. The reason why many believers never get to know God's will for their life is that most of them have never really submitted to being pastored. Amen. Being in a church doesn't mean you are being pastored. It just means that you are attending a church. Amen. Hello. Am I communicating? That you are inside a garage doesn't make you a car. <laughs> Amen. Amen. <laughs> Glory to God. You know, being in a church doesn't mean you are being pastored. You can be in a church, but you are not being pastored. Being pastored means that someone is feeding you and leading you, amen, by the Spirit of God. And the truth is this. Submitting yourself to be fed. Let, you know, sometimes people don't understand about the leading of God. If God, God, is there anybody here that feels that God doesn't know, you know? You know, sometimes you tell your friends, you don't know me. You know, some of you tell your friends, you don't know me. Some of you even threaten your wife, you don't know me. Then why did she marry you? <laughs> Amen. You don't know me. Now, I won't be surprised. Maybe some of you feel God doesn't even know you. God, you don't understand me. God, you don't understand me. You don't understand me. Is there anybody here that God does not understand? God knows you. Is that not so? Do you agree that God knows you? 
He knows you more than you know yourself. If God that knows you now leads you somewhere, amen. Am I communicating? In that leading of God, you will find destiny. Amen. I was talking with a sister in Abuja, you know, and she was sharing with me about she moved from one city to Abuja. And then she was talking about the church she was in. And then I was like, why, okay, why are you not in so-so place? You know, I was saying, why are you not in so-so place? She said, well, this is where the Lord led me to. She said, in my flesh, I would have loved to go to that place. But this is where the Lord led me to. I like when people talk like that. Amen. I like when people talk like that. Where you know the difference between what your flesh wants and what the Spirit of God is leading you to do. Praise God. I'm waiting for your scripture. Now, if God leads you to a church, he's not leading you to a building. He's not leading you just to meet people. He's leading you to be pastored. Amen. Now, some people get it mixed up. If God led you to a church, he's not leading you there because they have, no. The spiritual content is what God is interested in. He's leading you because he wants you to be fed there. The job of the pastor or the shepherd is to feed and lead. Amen? So, when God leads you and you align with the program in that place, you will find out that you will find yourself in God's perfect will. Am I communicating? You find yourself in God's perfect will. You know, let me say this to you. Don't use your head to follow God. Use your heart to follow him. Amen? Are you understand what I'm saying? Because you be, you're doing human calculations, human calculations, human calculations. You will miss what the Spirit of God is doing. Oh, okay. Um, um, this week, we're all going to be fasting. Let's assume. I'm, we're not fasting. We're going to be fasting. And then he said, eh, me, I've never fasted before. Did God not know you have never fasted before, before you led it to a church that will fast? Amen. Oh, we're going to go out for soul winning. He said, ah, me, I don't used to win soul, so. You know what's happening? You are not aligning yourself to the training that the Spirit of God brought you for. I would like to read Isaiah 40, 11. Let, let me read it from my from my glory to God. It says, Isaiah 40, 11, that's why it's good to have your Bible. Amen. He shall feed his flock like a shepherd. He shall gather the lambs with his arm and carry them in his bosom. The last part is what I love. And shall gently, ever say gently, yes. shall gently lead those that are with young. Amen. Now, it's talking about what a shepherd does. He will feed the flock. He will gather the lambs with his arm and carry them in his bosom. And then he will lead them. Amen. Job of your pastor is to do for you. He is representing Jesus in the physical. Amen. Are you listening to me? Yeah. Jesus is our chief shepherd. The representative shepherd of Jesus is your pastor. Hallelujah. To feed, keep, and lead. Everybody say to feed, to keep, and to lead. Glory to God. I believe strongly that if believers will align themselves to the pastoral ministry as they should, that many more will walk in God's perfect will for them. God leads you through your pastor too. Hallelujah. The messages that are taught or preached are packaged because God knows you are here. Amen.
Glory to God. Two more scriptures and we're done. Hebrews 12. Verse 1. Hallelujah. Let's read together. I want to go. Wherefore seeing, we also are compassed with so great a cloud of witnesses. Let us lay aside every weight and the sin which doth so easily beset us. And let us run with patience the race that is set before us. That means there's a race set before you. Tap your neighbor say there's a race set before you. I'm not talking about, we are running a race to beat a redeemer. That's not what I'm talking about. <laughs> heavenly race, heavenly race, heavenly race to meet a redeemer. Mm -hmm. <laughs> That's not what I'm talking about. I've been there. Amen. <laughs> what I'm talking about here. Destiny. Ever said destiny. destiny? There is a path God has ordained for you. This scripture lines up with Ephesians 2.10 that says, For we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus for good works which he had before ordained that we should walk in them. Destiny. There is a path God has paved for you. So you run the race that is set before you. He said with patience. Recognizing that as you are fulfilling God's will for your life, there's a cloud of witnesses. Hallelujah. Cherry you on. I don't know what your name is. Go, 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 go. Go, go, go. Are you understanding me? They're cherry you on. It, it, it spoke about Hebrews 12 like they're in the grandstands of heaven. People are watching. Paul, Peter, the rest of them. Brother Dennis, amen. They're all watching. Glory to God. And seeing us fulfill God's will. That's what the scripture is saying. As you're walking, because there's a path that God has ordained for you. God wants you to walk in it and fulfill it. Are there people that don't get to fulfill it? Yeah. Are there those that finish it? Yeah. At least Paul said, I finished my course. Hey, I would like us to talk like that. I finished my course. I fought a good fight. Glory to God. I'm done. That my grandma used to talk about, that prayed for me and used to talk, you know. I remember the last long discussion we had. She spoke in a dialect. I can't say it the way she said it, but I understand it. I can say it in English. She said, my night has come. It's time to sleep. One day, you will leave this place. Whether by flights, or by the box. At the end of that, what will matter is not how many houses you had. It's not how many certificates you got. It's not how many people you dated. Chronic daters. <laughs> it will be whether you fulfilled God's will for you. He said, train up a child in the way he should go. When he is old, he will not depart from me. There is a way he should go. And my prayer for you today is that you will find that way that you should go. Amen. You will stay in that way you should go. 
and you refuse to be distracted from that way you should go. Amen. Glory to God. There are some people that when they were young guys, when they were even on the path, as they got older, they got out of the path because of money, because of business, because of the cares of this life. And the Bible calls them the deceitfulness of riches. Today, get back on track. Find that perfect will of God for you and walk in it. If God led you to Renaissance Assembly, listen to me. Meeting with, listen, let me just say one strong thing the Lord shared with me. Is that if you are someone, you don't know God's will for your life. When you meet someone that knows God's will for his life, you will find your path. We used to say it in this way years back. Follow who know road. I know road. I say it with all audacity. I know road. If you are following, follow me. As I follow Christ. So you don't come here by accident. You will find God's will expressed as you follow that leading. It might not be instantaneous, but it ultimately you will find yourself in that place. Lift your right hand and pray in other tongues. If you pray in tongues, we give you glory. We give you glory. I started by saying, I'll mention that you can't know God's perfect will without salvation. It begins with salvation. Salvation is where it starts. It starts with salvation. Oh, we give you praise. Thank you for listening to this message. If you have been blessed, you can reach us by email on info at faithtofaithonline.org or call us on 234-806-361-3560. You are big, blessed, and loaded. Take it up, man.